When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to another Arseblog Arsecast, right here on arseblog.oleole.com. Another week is over, and, and what a week it's been. It's It started terribly, and then it got better, to the point where it was reasonably good. In fact, it was more than reasonably good. It was beyond sufficient, I think you might say. Uh, we'll come to that in just a few moments' time, just to tell you what's on the show. Uh, I'll be talking to Tim Payton from the Arsenal Supporters Trust, uh, just a little bit about uh, the uh, financial results that the club released, the implications of that, uh, their impressions, having met new CEO Ivan Gazidis, uh, as well as at tickets and all that kind of stuff. So that's coming up in a little while. The man in the bar is here. Oh, <laughs> is the man in the bar here? He'll be here. Yes. Um... Yes, he'll be here. I don't have anything more to say about that at this moment in time, but yeah. Uh, as well as that, we'll have some news and some other bits and pieces as well. Plus, of course, all the football stuff and looking ahead to the uh, to the fixtures on the way and looking back at what happened between the last Arscast and this Arscast. Now, last Arscast, I think I remember saying something about how the game against Fulham was a must-win game. Three nil-nil draws on the trot. Well, that's just not very Arsenal. And Arsenal shouldn't... We couldn't make it four. It was imperative that we won the game, not least because Aston Villa were looking like they were going to, you know, run away with things. So we had the game against Fulham, and we drew nil-nil. And it was maddening. And I have to say, I was quite distressed. You know, I know in the in the overall scheme of things, I, was, I went out with Mrs. Bloggs that evening, went to the cinema. And we were driving along, and... I was sort of driving and threatening to drive us into a wall and things like that. And she was going, you know, it's, it's it's only a game. And I was going, it is, I know, only a game. And in the grand scheme of things, in this great world of ours where terrible things are happening to many people, you know, if you step back from it and you think, well, yes, it is, it's only a game. You know, fuck that, though. Nil-nil against Fulham at home. No, thank you very much. Uh, and in the first 15, 20 minutes, they could have scored about three or four goals course we had our chances as well van percy hit the post van percy had a header van percy had a shot save so most of our chances fell to van percy in fairness uh but nil nil and it was upsetting and distressing and and annoying because you looked at what was going to happen the next day because aston villa were playing stoke and you're thinking oh jesus christ we're going to be right in the shit here and the the blog post i wrote on sunday i think you know i stand by that because you know four nil nil uh draws even though it's part of a long unbeaten run, you can look at certain areas of the team and think, well, if that part of the team was better, then we probably wouldn't have drawn those games nil-nil. And I, I'm talking about central midfield, of course, and I'm not blaming the players. I'm blaming, I'm not blaming even the manager. I'm just saying that had we had a better central midfield, then I don't think we'd have had those four nil-nil draws. 
But that's neither here nor there. So it was annoying. Uh, and uh, it was quite, uh, Sunday was quite depressing. And I sat up here in my office, my office, my lair. Uh, I sat up here and I watched Aston Villa against Stoke on Sunday on a stream. And I thought, well, maybe by watching Aston Villa, I'll jinx them. Quite the reverse was the fact, uh, I should say. Quite the reverse was true, in fact. What happened was I watched them and they scored two goals. And Stoke didn't score any goals. That's not to say Stoke didn't have some chances because they did in that second half. Uh, they they went at uh, they went at Aston Villa had a few shots just wide and what have you. But anyway, uh, with about five minutes to go, I said, "Right, well, that puts Aston Villa eight points clear of us, and I think eight points is too much for us to get back." So I went downstairs to get changed to play five aside. Uh, got into my uh, gear and my boots and what have you, and I was uh, checking on, uh, sitting downstairs, checking on Twitter. I think I was watching the end of the Carling Cup final, the Cunts convention indeed. And I was si- sitting watching that, and I was checking on my phone, I was checking Twitter, and then I saw all these messages going, wow, can't believe the Stoke score. Ooh, Stoke, amazing. Thank you, Stoke. I was like, oh, I better check this. 2-2. So uh, by not watching Aston Villa, I jinxed them. They dropped two points, which nobody, least of all me, expected them to drop. You don't go 2-0 up uh, against Stoke uh, until the 86th or the 88th minute uh, and, you know, let in two goals. You just don't. I mean, if you're going to have a bad result against Stoke, do what we did. Be shit all day, concede one goal, and then when you're trying to get one back, concede another. And then in the very last minute of injury time, get yourself a consolation. That's how to deal with Stoke in a negative fashion. These Aston Villa people don't know how to do it. So uh, six points is the gap. And then you're thinking, okay, this is getting a little bit interesting all of a sudden. My spirits were lifted. After the the misery of Sunday, and after the misery of of watching Aston Villa go 2-0 up and thinking these fuckers are going to go eight points clear, all of a sudden it's six points. Then Arsenal have to go to West Brom, and you're thinking, well, we haven't scored in four games. By the law of averages, we've got to score sooner or later, and we did score sooner rather than later. Nicholas Bentner opening the scoring after just a few minutes of the game. Hurrah, I thought. Brilliant. Then, of course, uh, West Brom got one back almost straight away. A poor wall, I think you would have to admit, uh, allowing the shot to go through and beat Almunia. But uh, Colo Toure scored from uh, Arshaman's free kick, and Nicholas Bentner got himself another one from Colo Toure's long pass to make it 3-1. Uh, And we had chances, I believe, in the second half to score more. I didn't see the second half. Uh, Nevertheless, three points, three goals. And now the gap between us and Aston Villa is three points. So what could have been eight and possibly five by the time they played Man City, it's three. So you're thinking, aha, now it's getting really interesting. So not learning my lesson from Sunday, I sat up here on Wednesday night and watched Aston Villa play Man City at Man City. Had I thought about that for a second, I probably would have reverse jinxed it and, and Villa would have won. But I forgot that uh, I watched them on Sunday and they scored two goals. Manchester City won the game 2-0. So now we're only three points behind Villa. And they do have a run of reasonably difficult fixtures. I know I put it up on the blog today, but I think they've got Spurs, Liverpool, 
Uh, I can't quite remember the the. Uh, uh, I think Spurs, Liverpool, Man United, Everton, and then West Ham. So there's the potential, certainly, for them to to drop points. And then we've got Blackburn, Newcastle, Man City, Wigan, and then Liverpool. So you would, in fairness, be looking for 12 points before you go and play Liverpool. And you're thinking, will Villa drop points against Liverpool? Possible. Against Spurs? Possible, I suppose. Against Man United? You would hope so. Uh, against Everton and West Ham. So it's all looking a bit rosier, and, and that fourth place isn't looking quite so distant. That's not to say we don't still have our problems, because we do. They've been obvious all season long. Nevertheless, there really isn't much we can do about those problems between now and, and the end of the season. So um, if we can... Ugh, I hate saying this, because we keep saying it, build on the last result and use this to build confidence and go forward. But, you know, we have to start winning games now. If we really want to get into that fourth position, uh, it's back, uh, not exactly in our hands, but it's not at the point where we're looking for an absolute miracle anymore, which it would have been had we been eight points behind. So there you go. Things uh, happen and things change very quickly. From miserable to quite upbeat. From down and out to right back in it. So there's uh, plenty of football still to play. And as as quickly as things can change for the better, they can also change for the worse. But let's take our positives where we can get them and um, hopefully we can we can kick on from here. So there you go. So that's all the football that's happened between the last Arscast and this Arscast. We'll come to the football that's going to happen uh, between uh, this Arscast and the next Arscast in, in just a little while. Uh, as I said, still to come, the man in the bar will be along. But right now, um, to talk about things financial and to talk about things regarding tickets and to talk about our new CEO, Ivan Gazidis, uh, welcome back to the show, Tim Payton from the Arsenal Supporters Trust. Hi, Tim. Hi. Right, we'll start with the uh, financial report which came out last week, and I think most people will be able to uh, make sense of the figures, the increase in uh, profit before tax, broadcasting revenues, etc., etc., but a lot of talk about the property market, the property side of things, and given the state of those markets, uh, talks that the club is going to have to reschedule some of the loans involved. Can you explain a little bit uh, more uh, what that might mean? Yeah, what that means is that the club no longer expect to receive all of the proceeds for property sales in order to pay off the loan by the scheduled date of April 2010. And that's down to the simple fact that people are no longer able to complete on the commitments they've made to buy buy flats. They are therefore having to go back to the banks that they have the arrangement with to see if they can reschedule those loans for longer than April 2010, as I think they expect a longer payment period from people. They are, as they say in their financial report, looking at perhaps options of people paying so much of the cost of the flats and um, re- you know, refinancing arrangements with people. Perhaps they'll have to take in some rental income on some of the property as well. What they said in the annual report was the club have now fully funded the rebuilding of Highbury into Highbury Square. That means that they have all the money needed to finish all four stands and release the stands to sales, and there is £133 million left. So every flat that is sold comes off of £133 million outstanding, but they are clearly having, because of the property market, major issues in seeing through all of those sales including to one or two large investors who it was reported in The Guardian includes one Singaporean investor who has a a large number of units. 
if we look at what that means perhaps for the club, I think it, it, it means that at one point we could see a very potential large upside from the property development, in effect a bonus for profit made from the development coming in. I think if there is to be a profit, it will be much smaller and it will be much, much longer in coming through to the club. But the other, perhaps more reassuring point in this is that the property is a ring-fenced business from the club and therefore if it reaches the stage where it's not making any profit at all and it is becoming a cost, the club do have the option of, in effect, leaving that loss with the banks and with the property development. It is separate from the football club. So there is, if you like, a, a basement or a bottom line to offer some protection. But clearly, you know, not the, not the rosy-looking picture of a couple of years ago, although I think none of us had the hindsight to see what was going to happen to the property market. Well, well, this is very true, and I suppose people will be reassured by the fact that uh, you know this isn't going to affect things from the football uh, point of view. Or if things do go bad, they can, they can write it off, more or less. I think, I think it, you know, it, it might affect in some ways... You, there is the issue of how much time is this taking up of the senior management team at Arsenal working on you know, a property business as opposed to concentrating on the football business. Now, we would look for some reassurance that that's not too much time because it may be worth saying, well, let's, you know, let's let that area go now. We accept there's no profit from it, but we also accept that there's, in effect, going to be no loss or no cost. And we must forget that the, you know, moving to the Emirates has still facilitated a much bigger income stream and you know, the, the, you know, the, the money that pays the wage bill that we have at the moment will be in whether or not that wage bill is performing on the pitch. <laughs> so I think that you know, at the edges it can have some impact, but it's, it, you know, it's not, you know, you, you, your, your listeners should be reassured that it's certainly not in any way got the potential to bring the club down or have any major damage. It's a bit of a shame that perhaps you know, the one-off lump sum that we thought might buy a couple of star names probably isn't going to be there either. All right. Okay. Well, um, I suppose something that is of more pressing concern to people is the is the, the the state of the club in the league at the moment and this battle for fourth place and Champions League football next year. We know that the club have said on numerous occasions that they've budgeted or, or planned for life without Champions League football. But um, with this property thing, with uh, the amount of money that we do spend on wages. Uh, the loss of that income would be would be considerable uh, and have some serious implications, I'm sure. The loss of income that you would predict from not being in the Champions League and I think the associated issue of just you know, selling the, the, the higher-level tickets in club level um, without, um, if you like, you know, an exciting season to back off would probably be in the region of £40 million. Now, if you look at our income stream at the moment and our costs, that would mean a very difficult year, some very tough decisions on the cost base, the wages, the running of the stadium, the, the running of the club, and or whether or not you would have to secure you know, player sales to, to substitute for that gap. Mm. So, yeah, very difficult times and one that I'm sure is occupying the new chief executive thinking. He'll probably be almost in his mind running two budgets now, a Champions League budget and a non-Champions League budget at the club. You mentioned tickets. Um, the club have announced that ticket prices are going to be frozen for the uh, for the season ahead, or for next season rather, uh, which I suppose is, is great great news for fans, for season ticket holders, and for those who buy the tickets through the membership schemes. Um, but there is, I suppose, uh, the implications again. We come back to that Champions League thing um, that without Champions League football, it's going to be more difficult, particularly to sell those uh, expensive tickets and the corporate tickets. Well, it is. And, you know, for instance, one question you have to ask, I think I know what 
my answer would be is is UEFA Cup or Europa League or whatever it's going to be called is that a category A match or a category B match <laughs> if it's category B as I think your little laugh there indicated <laughs> but each category B match rather than category A is about a million pounds difference in revenue per match mm. now the difficulty that Ivan Gazidis has is that Theo Walcott and Robin Van Persie would like a couple of million each in their new contract renewals these are the things that need weighing up. At the same time, I do think the club are sensitive to the fact that a lot of their you know, real supporters are going to struggle through no fault of their own other than the economic situation to afford the season ticket renewal. So, you know, these are, you know, it is in a way, you know, doubly unfortunate for us that our, you know, one bad season in 12 is overlapping, you know, with this terrible economic climate. Mm, and the club are mindful, uh, I think, of... Uh of people's uh, difficulties uh, in this uh, in this current uh, financial climate when it comes to tickets and and you're talking about the uh, the Burnley FA Cup game that's right. What they've done for the first time is given people the opportunity to opt out of having their extra cup tie credit added to the season ticket. So normally, season ticket holders would have to pay for the Burnley game, but the club did email everyone and give them the chance to opt out of that. I think that's you know a, a move that shows that they understand the issue that that people have. You know, it's also a move that at one level is potentially giving them a bit less revenue, but they have to see overall the long-term health of the club is surely about making sure that fans can continue to afford. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. To go and watch their team, including afford the season ticket renewal. I'll also just give them a small plug for the other thing that they confirmed to the Arsenal Supporters Trust yesterday, Andrew, which is that prices being frozen next year will actually see a reduction because we'll be paying 2.5% VAT less. So they've passed on the VAT saving rather than kind of added that in and, and, and clawed back an extra 2.5%. So I think they are, you know, they are doing a certain amount, but we, we wait to see what people are able to do on the 1st of June. All right. Ivan Gazidis has been in the job now for uh, just over two months. Um, I, I'm sure you've had some dealings with him, and, and what are your impressions of him? First impressions are, are positive. He seems to be a listener. He seems to already 
have imbibed the, the, the traditions of the club. You, you, I think you know we, we published a book at the end of last year called Custodianship at Arsenal, which in many ways replicated the views that the trust have of how we'd like the club to be to be run. I've been quite encouraged, perhaps he's trying to butter us up, that in every interview he's done so far, he's used the word custodianship and acting in the long-term future of the club. I certainly know he's meeting supporters, I certainly know he's listening, and, and first impressions are encouraging. I do think, you know, also he's, he's sort of landed himself in a baptism of fire a little, hasn't he? Performances on the yeah. pitch, the recession as we're going, you know, I'm sure it would have been, um, you know, manna from heaven to arrive in the invincible season, but, you know, he's going to earn his money this year. How long is it going to take for us to see um, his influence over things, do you think? Because obviously, like you say, he's, he's firefighting at the moment almost because of everything that's going on off the pitch and on the pitch. Do you think he's a guy that is going to influence the way the club works in the future? I think he will. I think we've already seen that. I, you know, from the conversation I had with him, I got the sense that the decision on on the opt-out on the Burnley ticket, the price freeze and the VAT coming through. Um, you know, he was doing some testing of other views on ticket prices and making sure supporters could afford to get in. So I think we're already seeing his imprint. I think we'll see someone who, a mixture of his American sports background, will be increasingly supporter-focused, want to work with supporter groups and understand what we're looking for. So I think, the, you know, the early signs are good. Um, but what he can't do, he can now do nothing between now and the end of the season, can he, to just claw us up to that fourth place? But he must have must have the fingers crossed more than anyone else. <laughs> uh, maybe we all keep our fingers crossed. It might just happen. All right, Tim, we better leave it there. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Thanks, as always, to Tim Payton from the Arsenal Supporters Trust for his time. Uh, lots of interesting stuff in there. And don't forget, you can check out their website, www.arsenaltrust.org. Lots of interesting stuff on the website. You can find out what it is exactly they do and how you can join and help out. Now, uh, before we go any further, I really don't know what to say or how to introduce this. This... Following the incredible success of his debut live performance outside the chipper last week when he did an impromptu rendition of Bourgeois Tag's I Don't Mind At All, Arsblog Records is proud to announce the debut album from The Man in the Bar, entitled Songs About Arsenal Players Using Songs That Have Already Been Written By Someone Else And Just Changing Some Of The Words About A Bit features all your favourite Arsenal players with timeless classic melodies. There's the incredible Ebue. There was something in the air that night that made you shine, Ebue. They were shining down from Highbury. You hurt your knee, Ebue. Though I never thought that you'd be booed, there's no regret. that have lived long in the memory and now will live even longer. Samir Nesri's talking at me I can't hear a word he's saying Cause I've got my iPod in Yeah Featuring stunning vocal performances such as Your Song if my name was Arsene, or then again, yes, 
A man whose first team is in a, a bit of a mess I know it's not much, but it's the best I can do My gift is this song and this one's for you And you can tell everybody your Alex song. You come on, come on. It's not your fault that you you play like a mom. I hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind that I put down in words how shy our midfield is. Now you're in the world As well as uplifting Dance around the kitchen Get your handbags out ladies Disco numbers Robin Van Persie He has got a dodgy knee But when he's fit he scores Goal at a month Robin Van Persie Arsenal's greatest goal machine And he thinks that John Terry's a con Songs about Arsenal players using songs that have already been written by someone else and just changing some of the words about a bit is only available through Arsblog. To order, send a stamped addressed envelope containing £100, dollars, euros or other suitable currency to 7 Dublin. Please allow 28 years for delivery. They can be your hero, Colo. I can take away the pain Though your arson is so huge now You can take my breath away That will be your hero, Colo I can take away the pain There goes my bread. Well, I suppose the next time we see the man in the bar, it's going to be at the Grammys. Going to be up there collecting his awards. He'll have gone from the bar, the end of the bar, with a pint in front of him, to the rock and roll lifestyle. Champagne and hot chicks. Staying in the Beverly Hills Hotel, wandering down Wilshire Boulevard, buying things just because he has the money to buy them. Hanging out with all the cool guys in town. Yeah, you going to the party? Yeah, who's going to be there? The man in the bar is going to be there, along with Kenny G and Michael Bolton. Oh, I'm there. You could not keep me away. Some people just get success so easy, don't they? Uh, I've just finished watching the Arsenal kids, uh, the Arsenal youths playing Spurs in the uh, in the FA Youth Cup at White Hart Lane. It was uh, 1-1 right up until about the last, I don't know, two minutes. And J. Emmanuel Thomas scored a fantastic goal to make it 2-1. And then Reese Murphy, Murphy for Ireland, 
I'd start being interested in Ireland again if we had Reese Murphy playing for us. And you can't tell me there's not a bit of Irishness in Reese Murphy. He's sort of Welsh and Irish put together. I don't know. That normally makes mutants. But uh, he seems to be all right. He scored the goal to make it 3-1. Steve Bold's team are through to the semifinals. Go the kids. Like the kid kids, not the actual kids that play in the team, the first team, the, the real kids. Well, that's fantastic. A win over Spurs at any stage is, is always good. And an Arsenal team that scored three goals again. What's going on with all the goals? There were mixed emotions at Arsenal last night as the club scored their first goal in competitive football for 942 hours. While many fans celebrated wildly, others were so shocked by what they'd seen they dropped dead there and then on the terraces. According to chairman Peter Hillwood, It's not nice, but there are worse ways to go. Like former Arsenal director Sir Clarence Minch, who was face-raped by a gang led by Dixie Dean. So goals back on the agenda, and let's hope we get a, a few under our belts on Sunday, which is when our uh, FA Cup game is against Burnley in the fifth round. It's a replay. Arsene Wenger not too happy that the game is actually happening on Sunday. He has to play on Saturday. Obviously, we've got the Champions League game against Roma coming up, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment. Uh, but he wasn't terribly happy that we had to play on the Sunday, but it's not the FA's fault, apparently. It's to do with the TV companies. They've spent all the money and they decide when the games are going to be on. Uh, so it would be nice if we had played on the Saturday, but, you know, what can you do? We just have to uh, get on with it. There's not much we can do about it. Um, we don't know yet about Colo Toure. He picked up an injury against West Brom. William Gallas is back. Adibayor is out. However, Theo Walcott and Eduardo could be back. Arsene Wenger says, I will see how they look tomorrow and Saturday, but they'll certainly be in the squad, especially Theo. Especially Theo. Fantastic. It'll be good to have him back as well and adding something to our attacking options. Uh, Fabianski will be in goal, but apart from that, there's not a huge amount of, um, a huge amount of rotating that we can do. Maybe Sanya might get a rest and Abue could play at right back and Arshavin can play because he can't play in the midweek game against against Roma, obviously because he's cup-tied for the Champions League. But it's Burnley, and we kind of owe Burnley one because they knocked us out of the Carlin Cup, and fair play to them on the night they deserved it. But the FA Cup, uh, I suppose, still represents our, our most realistic chance of silverware this season. Uh, so even though we've got the game against uh, Roma on Wednesday, uh, I think we'll be going for this one um, not quite held for leather, but we won't be taking this lightly by any means. Uh, so hopefully a good game. Then, of course, Roma. We take a one-goal lead uh, to the Olympic Stadium in Rome, and, uh, well, you know, anything can happen in European football, but uh, Ro Roma could be without Totti. They say that now, actually, but he's probably fine. There's all these stories. Roma could be without Totti, and we're supposed to think, ha-ha, they've got no Totti then. Yeah, all right, well, this is going to be easy. However, Totti, every time he's played us, hasn't been particularly good. De Rossi is out, having picked up a yellow card in the first leg, and I think he'll be a bigger miss than, than Totti. Uh, one goal for us, of course, away from home, means Roma would have to score three. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that game. I think we can score, definitely. And I don't really see us letting in three. So, um, yeah. That'd take us through to the, to the what? The quarterfinals? 
Yeah. Quarterfinals of the Champions League, and then who knows where we'd end up or who we might be playing. All the other ties are really, really tight, apart from the Bayern sporting tie. Bayern have five away goals. So it's kind of hard to see them not going through. All the rest of the games are up in the air, though. So fingers crossed we can do the business out in Rome uh, on Wednesday night. It's going to be exciting and one of those uh, European ties. We have a good record, you know, against Italian sides in general. So who can forget last year in the San Siro against Milan or Juventus at home when Fabregas wrestled the mantle from Vieira. Vieira then playing for Juventus. That was good times. And uh, we've just generally done quite well against Italian sides in the Champions League. So uh, let's hope we can keep it up. So uh, that's about it, I suppose. I should go, really, shouldn't I? Because there isn't much else worth talking about. Uh, We've got FA Cup Sunday, Champions League Wednesday. Then we've got League on Saturday and all the games are coming thick and fast. Uh, Bring them on. Momentum, that's what we need, momentum. So uh, here's to uh, a series of good results uh, until next week's Arscast. You have yourselves a very good weekend. I'll talk to you all weekend on the blog, of course, and all next week. And, of course, indeed, indubitably, on next week's Arscast. Ciao. Okay, man in the bar, I'm going to go outside for a smoke. You can rejig your vocal cords ahead of the next take. Uh, rock on there, matey. <laughs> oh, you know what? This is a rock and roll thing. Oh, this is great crack all together. Sitting in the studio, singing songs, doing all the good stuff that rock and rollers do. Well, yeah, go on there, Slash. Slash is there another line of that cocaine hanger. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Oh, Jesus, that's good stuff. I can't feel the whole right-hand side of me face, yeah. What's that, Jack White? Yeah, yeah, you're right, that was brilliant. Tell your sister I said hello, by the way. She's quite a looker. I do like them a bit, you know, chunky and what have you. <laughs> no, no offence, no offence, man. I just mean, you know, she is, in fairness. You can't say she's not, sir. Yeah. No, we're cool, we're cool. Have another one of these. Go on, Slash, give him one of those there. I'll have one myself, huh? And Mark King from Level 42. I thought you were going to be an awful cunt altogether with your slappity-slappy bass, but you've toned it down. Well done, well done. I think we've got the making of a really great band here. Wait, and I tell you about my concept album. It's about this fella, right? He becomes a turtle. Except nobody else can see the fact that he's become a turtle. So he's the only one who knows he's the turtle. To everyone else, he just looks like a normal bloke, right? What? What do you mean? Well, that's stupid. Well, then, no. Of course he becomes a turtle. Just because no one else sees it doesn't mean he's not a turtle.
Anyway, he goes off on his adventure in a magical forest, and he meets a girl who's also become a turtle. Except nobody but her can see the fact that she's become a turtle. And they fall in love and have turtle kids which look exactly like humans. But the kids know that they're turtle kids. And oh, it's great. I haven't quite figured out how it's going to end anyway. Yeah. What are we doing now? He's going to want me. Whose turn is it to ring Bono up and call him a short-ass little cunt? Oh, it's mine, is it? <laughs> Give us that phone there. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.